word about legacy tonight, and I want to take you to the book of Exodus chapter 3. <clears throat> and when you have it, please say amen. Amen. When you have it, amen. All right, it says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. That'll preach right there, that last part, right? He was afraid to look at God. But I, you know, I, I don't want to talk about that part. I, I want to talk to you about when God says, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Um, wow, like, all through the Bible, you'll hear God mention that he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And a lot, most of us kind of know the stories of these three men and the legacy that they built through the faith of the granddad, right, Abraham. And I, I saw this and, and I started thinking about this a while back and how God always mentions these three generations and how he thinks about things in generational terms. He thinks about things in, in seasons and not in, like, today and tomorrow kind of thing. Um, actually, when the Bible usually says tomorrow, it means, like, a further years down the line sometimes. So I saw that these three generations had three different functions. And the first one with Abraham was a generation of faith. He had to believe for believing's sake. He was, as you might, might know, he was with, living with his father, they didn't know anything about God, and then God spoke to him, only Abraham, and, and it says that he believed and that it was accounted to him for righteousness. So he believed for believing's sake. He didn't, he didn't necessarily believe only for the vision that God gave him, but he believed for the first time in a long time. Amen? So he was like the father that God wanted to use to bless the nations of this world. And you guys know that his name was Abram, and God changed it to Abraham, which is father of nations. And he receives the promise from God, and he believes it, and then he goes through the process where his faith is being tested, and he has to wait a long time for that promise that God gave him. He said, I'll take you into a promised land. I'll give you children and I'll give you nations. And that nation will be a blessing to every other nation. And he's waiting for this promise. So he's believing the whole time that this promise is going to come one day. And he's waiting and then he's 100 years old and Sarah's 90 years old and God blesses them with a child. Amen. And Sarah laughed, right, when God said, hey, you're going to be pregnant soon. She laughed. Ha! You're right. Not like laugh like, ha, hallelujah, Lord. Laugh like, ha, you're right. But sometimes uh, God tells us things that we might laugh at, humanly speaking, but to God they're very real in our life. Amen? So, so he waited and she waited and they had Isaac. Now, God promised Abraham nations, okay? And they had Isaac. Just, that's it, Isaac. Not nations, 
they had Isaac. But God promised nations, and they got Isaac. Because sometimes what God gives you as a promise, you might see as a seed and not the harvest. So God may give you a promise that you might end up seeing as a seed, and generations down the line, they will reap the harvest. So maybe you're in the Abraham generation, you're, you're a father, you're a mother, and you know that you need to believe for the promises that God has given you about your children and your grandchildren. And you may not end up seeing it, but he's given you the promise. He's given you the seed. And one day, your kids, your grandkids will reap the harvest. And I know there's people in here that are grandparents that have seen the harvest. That have seen their kids and their kids' kids serving the Lord. Abraham didn't get to see this, but he believed as if he had seen it. So we have to believe as it is happen as if it's happening, even if we don't see it. I mean, that's faith. Believing in something that we don't necessarily see, but we believe because we have the expectation that it will happen. So Abraham is believing. The, the question is, are we believing that we are sowing seeds today that will reap in the generations to come? That we will see kids and, and kids and our kids' kids come to Christ by what we are sowing today. See, sometimes we're coming to church, we're reading the Bible, we're worshiping, going to Bible study, doing the things that God has called us to do. And we don't see these these huge, amazing results. Sometimes we're just going. And, and, and for some of us, it even gets redundant. It even gets routine sometimes. Because we don't think in terms of legacy. Sometimes what we're doing today will be a blessing for someone tomorrow. The culture that we're building in this church today will bless our kids' kids. And it may seem as though we're just going through, you know, through stuff and we're doing things and we're being blessed, no doubt. We're being blessed, no doubt. God is speaking to us and we're going to see amazing things and God is, you know, going to show up in crazy ways. But our kids, kids, man, they're going to reap a harvest that, that we don't even know. That we don't even know yet. So Abraham, that generation... And these are phases that, that we go through in life and we go through as a, as a church. We go through as, 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 a, you, you know, as, as, as a collective. Abraham was the faith generation. Now let me tell you, every generation has to have faith. But, but there was an initiating faith that took place with Abraham. And you might be the one that's initiating faith for your family today. It might be you today, but it's going to be your grandkids tomorrow. He set the standard for the generation to come. He built a supernatural environment in his home. He, he, he created the culture in his home with one son. One son that he would bless 
many later on. With one. Maybe God has put one. One, one ministry. One person. One, one child. One, one spouse. One. In your life right now. One friend. One. But that you would believe God. For that one. And see lives change. Multitudes. Tomorrow. Amen. Are you with me? So Abraham, he did, he did build that culture in his home. You can't build in ministry what we don't build in our home. We can't expect amazing things in our ministry if we don't build in our home. We must let what happens in our home overflow into outside. Does that make sense? We must cultivate a culture of kingdom, of, 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 of following Jesus in our home so that it would go and overflow into others. That's exactly what Abraham did. The father of the faith. By the time that his descendants got to Joseph, see, Abraham was believing he saw visions, right? God's like, look at the stars. Those are, that's how many descendants you will have. Uh, look at the, the sands, you know, uh, uh, of the ground. Like, that's how many descendants you will have. He couldn't count them, right? He, God is showing him visions. By the time it gets to Joseph, by the time it gets to Joseph, Joseph is having dreams, interpreting dreams, and saving nations because of what Abraham built from the beginning. See, so don't think that what you're doing today, don't think it doesn't have any impact for tomorrow. Just because you're not seeing something flourish now doesn't mean it won't flourish later for someone else. So keep your perspective beyond your nose. Look beyond. Look at life as legacy. What I'm building today will affect tomorrow. This is the faith generation, the Abraham generation. By the time that the Israelites, where we read, by the time it got to Moses, they, God had it all ready for them. I want to take you to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 6. And verse 10. It says, The Lord your God will soon bring you into the land he swore to give you when he made a vow to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is a land with large, prosperous cities that you did not build. So you see, they're receiving a prosperous land filled with large cities that they did not build because of what Abraham believed in from the beginning, then Isaac, then Jacob, then the people of Israel are freed from Egypt, taken to a land that was promised to them, and they have favor there. Amen? They have favor now that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob didn't get to receive. They didn't get to see the cities. 
They didn't get to see the land like the Israelites are seeing it now. A large cities built that you didn't build, but they're there. Go and take the land of milk and honey. But Abraham had to believe. Isaac had to receive the promise. And Jacob was the legacy. Let me say that again. Abraham believed. He was the faith generation. Isaac was the promised generation. And Jacob had to build legacy. By the time that the promise got to Jacob, Jacob had 12 kids, which were the 12 tribes of Judah. He got to see and name the 12 tribes of Judah that were promised to Abraham that he didn't get to see. Abraham didn't get to see it. Isaac didn't even get to see it. But Jacob got to see the promise that was given to Abraham, his granddad. We have to believe that what we're doing today will affect tomorrow. Isaac was one of a kind. Literally. Like, it was only one of them. He, he had a brother, a half-brother. You guys know Ishmael? Abraham and Sarah got together and said, you know, God's taking a little long. You ever feel like that? <clears throat> Is it just me, maybe? God's taking a, just a little bit long. He's not answering my prayers. He's not listening. To be honest with you, I don't know. Maybe he talks a different language that I don't know about. Spanish ain't working. English Broken English, nothing's working. So what we're going to do is we're going to do it ourselves. We're going to figure this out. We're going to strategize with our brain. We're not going to use faith. We're not going to use the Holy Spirit. We're not going to use the word of God. We're not going to wait on the promise. We're going to do what we want to do, and it's going to work out. And guess what? It worked out, kind of. A baby came. Can you imagine the excitement of Abraham? He's like 80 years old and Ishmael comes and he's like, we did it. It happened. Oh, we made it. Look, we got we got the building. We got the this and we it happened. Look, the baby's here, the promised one. And he's and he's growing up and, and Abraham's teaching him. And one day God says, he's not the one. He's not the one that I promised. The one that will come will come through Sarah. But Lord, she's like a million years old. And, and I'm two million. Ishmael, he's a good looking kid. Like, let's make it work. Right? Let's make it happen, God. Like, like come on. Let's deal here. And God's like, are you going to believe me? Are you going to believe me that I have a plan? That I have a plan for your generation. Don't worry about your kids. I have a plan. Don't worry about your grandkids. I have a plan. Don't worry about your finances. I have a plan. Don't worry about your family. I have a plan. I know that people say God is in charge and I'm with that. But I think also he's in control. I do. I think he's also, it just can't be either or. Why can't it be both? I think he's also in control sometimes. He steps into our realm and and intervenes. Amen? 
God intervenes sometimes. So Isaac, the, the promised generation is Isaac. He didn't really have to work that hard, to be honest. He didn't have that many. Matter of fact, he cheated, right? He got the blessing from his father. Uh, he dressed up like his brother. His brother was a hairier person than him. And uh, I was going to make a joke, but never mind. And so he dressed up as a bear, essentially. And he went to his, to his dad. His dad was... His dad was, I mean, Jacob, I'm talking about Jacob. His dad was like blind. Isaac was blind. And Jacob dressed as a, you know, hairier person and took the blessing for himself. You got to take it sometimes, to be honest with you. You don't have to work for it, but you just have to believe like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Let's go to Galatians chapter 4. That's like way on the other side of the Bible. Let me know when you're there. Let me just tell you about Isaac here with the word real fast. Verse 22, sorry. Let me know when you're there. It says, the scriptures say that Abraham had two sons, one from his slave wife and one from his freeborn wife. The son of the slave wife was born in a human attempt to bring about the fulfillment of God's promise. You listening? But the son of the freeborn wife was born as God's own fulfillment of his promise. These two women serve as an illustration of God's two covenants. The first woman, Hagar, represents Mount Sinai, where people receive the law that enslaved them. And now Jerusalem is just like uh, and now Jerusalem is just like Mount Sinai in Arabia, because she and her children live in slavery to the law. But the other woman, Sarah, represents the heavenly Jerusalem. She is the free woman, and she is our mother. As Isaiah said, "Rejoice, O childless woman! You, ha- you who have never been gi- uh, given birth, break into a joyful shout. You who have never been in labor, for the desolate woman now has more, ch- more children." Than the woman who lives with her husband. And you, dear brothers and sisters, are children of the promise, just like Isaac. See, this is the promised generation. And the promise comes through grace, not the law. Abraham has faith, believes, and then Isaac receives the promise. So the promised generation brings freedom. That the, that the faith generation didn't, didn't get to see. So Isaac is, has an amazing story. A servant goes to another land looking for a wife for Isaac. Finds this amazing, this is an amazing story that I can't get into. And Isaac is essentially passing the torch between Abraham and Jacob. Jacob, who is the legacy generation, who starts to build that legacy that's about to take place that was promised to Abraham. This generation is a little bit anxious to start building, so they take the blessing like Isaac, excuse me, like Jacob did. Jacob goes from a trickster to Israel. They change his name from Jacob to Israel. And Israel means may God prevail. He struggles with God. 
Jacob then starts to see the legacy. He starts to see his children be born, 12. You know, he has, he has two wives and two concubines. And he has children with all of them. And you hear the names like Joseph, Dan, Judah, Levi, Reuben, Benjamin. They all come from Jacob. And there's more. There's others. Ash, all kinds of names. God gives Jacob favor and vision. He begins to see the vision of God being displayed. By the time they, they go where Joseph is, when all that happens, and they go to Egypt, and they begin to grow, they begin to build the tribes, and every tribe is like a small nation and a bigger nation. So, so Jacob sees the tree come to life that Abraham planted as a seed. The promise that was given to Abraham was like a seed. And Jacob begins to see that tree flourish. So we go from faith to promise to legacy. And that's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. A little, a little awesome note there. That when Moses hears God say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, by the time that Moses is hearing that phrase, God had changed Jacob's name from Jacob to Israel. But God in his grace showing us that, look, I know who these people are. Jacob means trickster. And he's, he still says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because I know who they are. I know what they built. I know what they believed. And I know and now see the promise being developed. In Acts chapter 7, it says, and he gave him the covenant of circumcision, meaning to Abraham. And so Abraham became the father of Isaac and circumcised him on the eighth day. And Isaac became the father of Jacob and Jacob of the 12 patriarchs, which means like fathers, patriarchs. So you see three fathers there, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then Jacob is the father of 12 fathers, the patriarchs. So they begin to, to father nations. So what about us? How does this, how do we apply this? How do we, how do we live this out? We got to start thinking about legacy. If you're young, you got to start thinking that what you're doing today matters. The decisions you make today matter. Every decision you make following Jesus is so important because you follow Jesus today and your kids' kids will reap those benefits. I know what I'm telling you by experience. I believe we are sowing today what will, will be reaped tomorrow. That some things may seem to you like, like you're just going through the motions or, or they're a little bit redundant, but you got to believe what the Bible says. And the Bible says when you sow in the spirit, you reap life. So let us be believers, let us be children of God that think about legacy. That what God has promised us might be a seed, but one day someone in our generation will see the harvest. And it doesn't have to be like our kids, but it could be the next generations that come up in Christ, in the kingdom. What we're building today will affect tomorrow. Let's think about legacy. Let's think about that. And let's think about the culture we're building in our homes because that will cultivate tomorrow's homes. Amen? All right, let's pray. You might be in, in different seasons 
a different season. Maybe you're like Abraham. You, you're seeing the harvest now. Maybe you're like Isaac. You, you're seeing the promise. Maybe you're like Jacob. You're building the legacy that your grandparents or your parents were promised. But I want you to know, in either one of those, you have to believe that God is doing something to impact the next generation through what you believe. It didn't end with Jacob. It didn't end with Jacob. There was more that I wanted to tell you, but when we get to the New Testament, and it begins to go through the lineage of Jesus Christ, it starts with Adam and moves all the way through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, Solomon. The legacy keeps going until Jesus is born. Jesus comes into the scene as the promised one that the Father sent. Jesus dies for us. And we, re- we become like Isaac that received the promise of salvation. And the Holy Spirit is given to us. That we would build legacy here on earth. That we would create a legacy here on earth. If you're young, you're in your 20s, early 30s, you got to start thinking about legacy. That what you're deciding to do today will have an effect on people tomorrow. Even on your own life. If you're younger than that even, take a hold of your life. Make the right decisions. Seek the Lord in your young years. Don't let the time go by where you're not seeking God. Don't let it be that you're 30 and you miss so many years that you could have been seeking the Lord. You will say to yourself, I should have came earlier. I should have followed earlier. Take advantage. Build legacy that will bless tomorrow. We stand on the shoulders of our past generations. We honor them, Lord. We honor the men and the women that came before us, God. Our mothers, our fathers, our grandparents, Lord. The ministers, God, that came before us, the apostles, the prophets, Lord, that came before us, the pastors that came before us, Lord. We stand on their shoulders, Lord, and we honor them, God, and we bless them, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Grace and Love podcast. We hope you are blessed by this message. If you have a prayer request, we would love to hear from you. Please feel free to contact us. And if you're in the L.A. area, we would love to meet you. We have services Sundays at 2 p.m. and Fridays at 8 p.m. We are located at 1900 Medford Street, Montebello, California, 90640. Thanks again, and God bless you.